Are we excited? Sure. So excited. <laughs> you do not sound excited. Mm. I'm just excited had some on the inside. of the most incredible Elite Eight games ever. Yeah. I mean, the Sweet 16 was fantastic as well. Welcome how, to the how podcast. How many overtime games did we have? Don't worry about it. This is the ACC Basketball <laughs> Degenerates Podcast. We have reached the final week of the season. Friends and family, I'm Luke Near, your host. Guthrie Alexander is with us as well. In the house. The man with the hoodie tonight. And Taylor Pilkington here as well, our executive producer. Vegas Mike Jaffe hello, is... Hello. He's nowhere to be seen. Is he, is he hopeless at this point of the season? Is it just not going to happen? I don't know. Was he too crushed by the NIT last night? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's probably it. I mean, he's... Yeah. He has a lot riding on Lipscomb right now. Uh, it was just terrible what they did to NC State. My beautiful, beautiful Wolfpack RIP. Mm. We can't get into this rabbit hole right now. We so can't. We, we, we can't. Need to I'm start sorry. Talking NCAA tournament. <laughs> what a great way to start the, the semifinals are set. I'm going to start calling it the semifinals just to be different. Okay. Or the final four is set. If you'd like that, folks. The final four. It's happening in Minneapolis, Minnesota. None of us are going. No. There was a brief thought for a moment, but then that quickly was squashed. So let's go and talk region by region. We could recap all the Elite Eight games. We could take a look back at the Sweet 16, which I thought was incredible. Yeah. But uh, I think we should just do like region takeaways to start this thing. Okay? Sounds good. Region as a whole. Let's start with the West. I thought the West was going to be absolutely impossible to to predict, but somehow I lucked out into getting everything but Syracuse. So... Thank you, Syracuse Orange, for for disappointing me and you know depriving me of the one chance ever I'll have in life to complete a perfect bracket or or a perfect region. Pardon me. So takeaways from this region, and I'm going to start with this. I almost feel Texas Tech should be the favorite to win this title. I'm going there. I love it. I like them to beat Michigan State, and I really and like I'll, Michigan here's State. Here's the case, okay. They annihilated Buffalo, which was a trendy Final Four pick for those in the community who watch November to April, right? Mm-hmm. I saw quite a few Buffaloes to make the Final Four. They annihilated I Buffalo them. to make the Final Four. But you still have the ticket, so that's what really matters. Yep. Yeah. It's a hedge. You've still got the ticket. Also, Guthrie's future bet for Texas Tech to win the national championship is it's, it's looking real good. It's pretty nice. I'm they, not going to lie. They turn around and they destroy lie. Michigan. Michigan had 22 points with like 16 minutes remaining in regulation. And then they beat Gonzaga. They had the most comfortable win, in my personal opinion, of all the Elite Eight games. Can we agree on that? Yeah, definitely. Sure. And no one's talking about this team. No one. Here's another case for Texas Tech, okay? I feel like they're playing the loosest of everyone. They're not letting the shot clock go down to five seconds like every other team is currently. They're not shaky. They're just playing completely in rhythm. Michigan State, maybe a little bit of that was because they were playing Duke, but we saw a couple times when Ward got the ball in the post or name another player, Goins, and they you know, they heard some footsteps, and it wasn't simple little turnaround hook in the post. Will that change in the Final Four? I don't know. I don't think it does going against the best defense we've ever seen in the modern era. Okay? Okay. D- Taylor is not let, paying attention let, at all. I, I'm sorry. I was. W- where is your mind? Is your I, mind in another place? When you said Texas, I love Tech, you, but <laughs> thanks. I love you too. When you said uh, <laughs> that's that's what people come for—the emotional resonance of this mm, podcast. Yes. Uh, when you said Texas Tech, you looked be- like a cartoon character a minute ago. I'm trying to figure uh, out which one. Maybe Elmer Fudd. That hurts. Yeah, a little bit. Um, when when you said Texas Tech had the easiest win, totally struck a nerve with me because. I think about watching some of these other games, you know, of course, the Virginia-Purdue game, you know, Auburn-Kentucky, some of these games, the Duke-Michigan State, everything hinging on, like, one possession. Mm -hmm. And then I had, over the weekend, I had the Shippensburg University Ultimate Frisbee team in town for a (laughs) tournament, uh, hosted them at my house, had a relative on the team, so shout out to the scapegoats. They were watching that game with me at my house, 14, uh, you know, college Student athletes. Oh, to be young again. Yeah, and and like I could tell that the game. We might to do it. Need to do an investigation of why this happened, but maybe that's sure. another. That's maybe that's an offset that's a, pod. I, I have thought. I texted you guys. I said I am at an ultimate frisbee collegiate tournament, and we could corner this gambling market. We could be the experts in this market. Anyways, well, that's another podcast. Uh, but I had the team over. You know, cookout. We watched that Texas Tech and Zag game together, and like by the end of it, um, they were discussing you know other the other games already and when i watched the 
the other Elite Eight games, like people were locked in. Yeah, people couldn't form complete sentences. All they could do was scream and yell and, you know, cry and jump around. Let me ask Guthrie this. We were watching Gonzaga, Texas Tech together, and once the Red Raiders took the lead in the second half, it was almost like we were getting imaginative trying to figure out ways for Gonzaga to come back and win. That's how I felt, at least. It was pure degenerate mode, saying, well, you know, Gonzaga original favorites, they can't lose this, can they? But yeah. meanwhile, deep down, I think we were both thinking Texas Tech is dictating this game. Uh, all I could think about was how to adequately hedge my future. And <laughs> as soon as Gonzaga was uh, getting points, that's when I absolutely slammed the money line. Of course, it didn't turn out too well. But that's okay. Future's still alive. We act that's like why this, you hedge. We act like this game wasn't exciting. I mean, it was exciting. You know, you it's had to like, reach across the line for the technical foul at the end. But the thing that... Texas Tech, everybody talks about this was the number one defense versus the number one offense rated on Ken Palm in this game. Mm-hmm. And Texas Tech looked great. I mean, that defense... Well, because they were scoring. That Yeah, they're, the knock against them has always been they don't really have the offense that maybe you need to win a national championship. But uh, the, the defense kind of lived up to its billing. I thought it looked amazing against Gonzaga. I expected them to have to do more work against Gonzaga, honestly. I expected mm-hmm. Gonzaga to get more on offense. Um, well, anyway, let's talk West Region. Biggest loser of the West Region. We know who the biggest winner is. We just named him. Texas right. Tech. Who's the loser of the West Region this year? I have a couple mm-hmm. candidates. I think it has to be Michigan. Really? That's, yeah. I mean... Was anybody really on Michigan? I, don't, I think... Uh, maybe just me. Maybe that's why I'm picking them. Yeah. I mean... I, so I think there is a case to be made, but they certainly there was there was some issue there there was some issue with Michigan. Like you could tell by the way that they played, like coming down the stretch, you could tell by the way that they were running offense. Their offense was absolutely sputtering down down the stretch in in the regular season. The only they definitely counter. peaked. They peaked. I'd say they peaked in like December, January. Yeah, that stuff. The only counter to that was. They rolled over Montana and never were really in doubt against Florida. Huge winning. If, if they Montana. were, yeah. you know, in trouble in either of those games at any time, I would have said maybe they would have been a candidate. I'm going to go outside the box and say the abomination of Marquette and their program. Where does that program go right now? That's a good, that's a great pick. Um, and then Syracuse is a, is another option. I, I'm sorry, yeah. Orange fans, love you guys. We got on the bandwagon, but they got outzoned. I think there's another candidate here, and that's. Nevada. Yeah. Nevada had, had some of the highest expectations in the in the country coming to the season. And to get a seven seed after oh, some disappointing... I take it back. That's the clear. Yes. That yes. Is the, that, I'm I, sorry. I, mean, I don't it, know why I even... I, it, well, it, I it forgot adds, about that. It adds to interesting narrative. <laughs> I forgot to, about to, them. To like throw some, oh some other gosh. teams in. But Nevada's the obvious choice. Yeah. Wow. They, they just have, have had just such an unbelievably disappointing season. What was yeah. the best moment, best win of... Nevada's here. We're going to have crickets for about oh, 10 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, look at Taylor. I'm not looking at their record right now. I can't tell you. I'm thinking like they lost to New Mexico State. They right? lost to all the good teams they played. Yeah. It's got to be like beating a mediocre to bad team by a lot. That's it, the highlight of Nevada's year. Grand Canyon? Did it's they take down Utah Grand Canyon? State. Utah State is their best win. Wow. And then they lost to them later on. Yep. Well, well I really like Texas Tech coming out of this. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited about the matchup with Michigan State. I also think they're going to be the loosest team. I mean, just from what we saw during the Final Four matchup with Gonzaga, they never blinked. Every other team blinked a little bit. Let's go on to another region. Let's go to the East. Why not? Biggest loser from the East region. We can get a biggest winner. I mean, it's hard not to say Michigan State, but of course. I think Virginia Tech was a little bit of a winner in the East, right? Yeah. Yeah, making it to the Sweet 16. First, first Sweet 16 ever, right? Is that right? I think so. R.I.P. Buzz. With Curry, right? Yeah. Del Curry? Uh, I don't know. I, I remember seeing it on a graphic, so I you know, could be making that up. R.I.P. Buzz Williams. Yeah, and R.I.P. Buzz the Williams. The news has come out. He's going Taylor, to who are your winners and losers from the East? Definitely Duke, I think. As a as winner? A, as a loser. I thought, I thought you were going to go there. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Optimistic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> They won. Uh, they won the tournament. No, I would be the person who would try and find some positive spin on that. Uh, but no, it's a disappointment. And I, I honestly, uh, you know, they everything all the seasons Zion Cam for every channel and the 
you know, earn everything, you know, televising all of Duke's preseason games. Everything was all in on like this recruiting class, everything like that. And everything we've been saying since the beginning of the season, they can't shoot. How about this? They didn't play one good game in the tournament. Yeah, well, Not they one single one. They were down. Were, were they down at halftime in game one? I don't consider that a good game if you're a one seed playing a sixteen. If I, you're trailing in halftime, I mean, they should have lost. Count. That UCF, UCF game. they did not play they well. Absolutely should have lost to UCF. Not playing well against Virginia yeah, Tech. They played like doo doo. Whatever you, you want to say about the Michigan State game. Yeah, I mean, I they the Michigan State game was the one where they were on the unlucky end of the final play, and their luck ran out, and it. If you have three five-star players and the best players in the recruiting class or four five-star players, whatever, it's a uh, it's totally a disappointment to have to get lucky to win all those games. Yeah, and then yeah. I mean, I don't. It's just yeah. I I hear a lot about like the media narrative now is like, oh man, the ratings would have been so much better and people would have been so much more excited if it was just Kentucky and Duke and Gonzaga in the Final Four because oh, think about the fan bases and all that. And I'm just. I'm personally really excited about it anyways, and I'm annoyed by that narrative. Yeah, I don't really see too many other clear winners. Yeah. I think could, LSU is just like, meh. You can make a, a case for LSU, I think, given everything that's surrounded the program the last few weeks. You know, getting to the Sweet 16, barely sc- just scraping by Maryland. God, that was a they, incredible they comeback. They overperformed. Yeah, yeah. How about the fact that Maryland didn't really lose in this tournament? It was a miracle. It's yeah. the first time ever. yeah. I, I so I personally I picked Belmont to make it to like the Elite Eight or so. Um but I'm gonna say uh Rick Bird is a winner at Be- the coach for Belmont. Oh, and he retired his, afterwards. And he retired afterwards. Yeah. His first I believe it's his first win in the NCAA tournament. This this in the in the yeah, one of the first four. It was the first four, but you know, yeah. we'll give it to him. Yeah. It still counts. Mississippi State a little bit of a loser. A little bit. Yeah, they are. They were under of, the radar. They are one of the fine. candidates for. Um, there are four teams that have lost to like that are kind of losers of the NCAA tournament currently. They've lost to teams that then lost in the next round. That lost to teams that lost in the next round, and so on. So you know how now there are four teams that have done nothing but winning. There there are four teams that have only lost to teams hmm. that have lost. Oh, wow. that have lost to teams that have Interesting. Lost. All right, let's go to the South. Winners and losers. I mean, Purdue, obviously, I think is is a yeah. huge winner here. Virginia, decent winner. I have yeah, a lot absolutely. of Virginia thoughts. Absolutely. Plenty, but... I think Purdue we'll and Virginia are the, are the clear winners. Tennessee, the, the loser. It's... Underperformed. Uh, Everybody expected more. Did yeah. they really? Yeah. I, mean, I think so. Totally. Well, they're up by two with 2.7 left, so I don't want to go too hard on that. Yeah, team. you can't. Other... Let's see what else happened in that region. Since he lost to Iowa in the first round, Cincinnati, another that's, loser. Mick Cronin, yeah, loser. that's a that's a pretty unfortunate. I I remember reading some rumors about Mick Cronin make, maybe on the move. Um, I would love to see Mick Cronin across the sideline in Blacksburg. Wow, how, how about that? Yeah, I don't I don't think I think they're gonna get someone someone. It's gonna be Wojo. You know, they have five hundred and twenty five yeah. bucks in the GoFundMe, so you know maybe that's an added bonus. Yeah. Uh, Kansas State, I think, is a very clear loser. Mm-hmm. Uh, given given the Big Twelve regular season championship, given the fact that this was arguably the best team that Weber has had, yeah. and to lose in the first round is just is is heartbreaking. Not good. Oregon definitely a winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have to throw that out there. Trendy pick. Fulfilled their destiny and took Virginia to the wire. So let's go back to Virginia momentarily, as far as their case for being a winner. Obviously, the incredible buzzer beater to force overtime, breaking through for the Final Four. Yeah, you're a winner. I still don't think they played well this tournament. I still don't think they played their best basketball. I think every other team is playing, maybe peaking. Auburn peaking, Texas Tech peaking, Michigan State, yeah, you know, business as usual. Mm -hmm. A little bit of peakage. Virginia's not peaking. And is that the major question that nobody's asking from the Virginia perspective, except myself right now, in the Final Four? Now, there's a case to be made that they got the monkey off the back, they're they're here in the Final Four, and they're just completely loose. They go back to playing fluid Virginia basketball. Or did they continue what we've been seeing, which is, you know, hold the ball until the final five seconds of the shot clock and get something up, which is what's been happening in crunch time and then second halves frequently. They... 
celebrated so much more to get to the final four than I think any of the other teams. Like they mm-hmm. looked much happier. And maybe that's just the excitement of the game, how it ended. A lot of it's been the the venom they, tossed at the team the program had been at, I think. Yeah, and you can see it as either like they got the monkey off their back, you know, Kyle Guy walks in with the literal like toy monkey on his back. I think my son has that exact same uh make of toy. Is it and Curious George? It's not Curious George. Oh, shucks. Um, been great. Uh but uh you know, you could say it's like that. They're just excited to get that out of the way. You could also say it's just maybe they're so it's like they're a little bit unfocused too excited. I don't really buy into either of those. I thought the Purdue game was great. I thought you say they're not peaking. I thought they played amazing yeah, that Purdue game I considering agree. they took a shot from Carson Edwards that like it's like a knockout punch. Now it kind of sucks. It's Carson Edwards versus the world in that game. Uh, for yeah, him. I was wondering if Carson Edwards was Azura High. You know, ice water in his veins, on fire. I mean, it, it wasn't like Virginia was playing. And then bad, the Night King came in. I don't know who the Night King was for Virginia, but maybe it was Hunter because you know everyone Key was Hay dragging Clark, on him like the villain it all game Key. long. And you know, Hunter Hunter made the game winning shot and he made free throws in the end. I thought. I don't know why there's you know so much negativity going in his direction, and I thought he was fine on. On Edwards. No, I mean, well, if Edwards is pulling up from 30 feet, what are you gonna do? He's, so be it. He steps on the logo and pulls up and, and is hitting 10 out of 11 or something. You, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do. That's kind about of the that. crazy thing about it. All he was doing was just shooting these insane yeah. shots. I mean, it was an amazing performance. Uh, his three point shooting has been dreadful, though. I will say that. So, But other than his three point shooting, I think he's. Are you t- you're talking about Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. I, well, I think he wasn't imposing himself enough. And you know, I think that's been the main knock on him always is that he's not aggressive enough getting yeah, his stuff. He's not an initiator if he's not going to get the ball. I mean, it, it, we saw what you know, Jerome and Clark were handling till the final few seconds of a as, shot clock. What, as, what is he going to do? As someone who was personally frustrated with it, when I saw that final, what you call the game winning shot, not the Mamadi, but like where. In the final end of the game, he took over and kind of like bodied his man. Took you can him just to the call basket. it the game winning shot right. because it was the game winning okay, shot. Okay, sure. But when I saw that, I was like, "Uh, yeah, you should have been doing that all game. Like, where was that before?" It, that's my perspective, and I I think it's illuminating. I was reading NBC Sports does these features that I enjoy where they like get coaches to anonymously give their scouting report on the final four teams. And, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, whoever it is, what they they all have their agendas. But I, and somebody was like, Hunter is really good. He's a lottery pick, but he's not a hungry player. He's not going to go for whatever. And that's why you were, as a coach defensively, you don't worry as much about Hunter as you worry about like Jerome and Guy, because Jerome and Guy will get their shots and are more aggressive, will like hurt you more than Hunter will really. And I thought that was telling. And that's been the knock on him, and I kind of have avoided. I, I never want to buy into it. I don't want to be that guy who's like on that. But it was frustrating to see him like take control, but only in like two possessions right at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Also, Virginia moving forward, I, I said one of two options is probably going to happen. They're going to be loose, and they're going to go back to what we saw, you know, during the January demolition destruction run, like beating Florida State by. I know it was 13, but it was really like 28, beating Virginia Tech by 22, winning at Notre Dame by like 30. All those crazy 20-plus point victories in early ACC play. And, or, and you know, there were second halves in February and March against Louisville second half, Syracuse second half. Is one of those going to happen? That's my question in the tournament. I don't consider Oklahoma to be one of those performances. I agree. I mean, there were flashes of it in Oklahoma. Flashes. And Oregon was, yeah, that was a... Old was a, school, it was a 20, was a great game. 2014 Virginia game. Well, yeah. Anyway, I think that's it for winners and losers. I can't think of anybody else. Let's go down to the final region, the Midwest. Auburn, the obvious winner. We don't need to uh, go over them too much. I mean, we can talk about all the blue blood scalps they have, but losers. Do we buy into this Carolina flu theory story, which is floating around? I thought when Carolina players got had the flu they played better wasn't isn't that like the whole the whole thing mm-hmm. <laughs> i see what you did there. yeah yeah i, I don't know i don't know i mean Good one, Guthrie. yeah <laughs> I mean, or, they, that was a hangover no, i mean hangover I, feel, games. I feel like all season we've been saying oh this team when we're talking about carolina games right we've been saying like oh this team likes to run they're gonna play fast but you know who also likes to run carolina and if you play their style of basketball you're you gonna lose. lose and then and I, they remember ran I, into remember i pulled up the kentucky corollary yeah. i said what happened to the kentucky game in the yeah. neutral floor in december and it's exactly what happened to auburn and 
Auburn just does it kind of better. They do it differently. North Carolina will run their bigs fast and run not, and Kentucky really just, I mean, excuse me, Auburn just wants to shoot transition threes. And when they're hitting, it's like, it's a fireball. It's hard to, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. I don't know. They are, I tell you what, they, Auburn is, it's kind of made an Auburn fan out of me because they are awesome to watch. Yeah, I, I think they play beautiful basketball. Yeah, it's a very entertaining, right. it's entertaining like, game. It, part of me, it, everybody's gushing about like how Bruce Pearl is like, oh, he cares about his players so much, he loves them. You know, he, he every post game interview, Bruce Pearl is like breaking into tears of joy. Um, and the cynical part of me is just like, oh my gosh, this is Bruce Pearl, like this is this is classic like Bruce Pearl and orange body paint going to a women's Tennessee game back in the day. Uh, but um, other winners and losers. I think there's something to it. Sorry, I'll finish. Yeah, we'll talk about Auburn later. Not really clear cut winners and losers in this one. I'll, I'll give Houston a little bit of a win. I think that. I mean, they were a little bit under the radar. Everybody loved Iowa State to come out and and beat them, even though Iowa State didn't even show up in the game. Had two blowout wins, just annihilations, and then we're right there with Kentucky. And you yeah. know, if another bounce happens, they could be in the Elite Eight. So I'll, I'll tip the cap to Houston for a little bit of a win, just a minor one, and then everybody else. I mean. It's a wash, right? Agreed. Okay. So after just recapping South and Midwest, let's talk about Auburn, Virginia. What are we seeing here? I don't have a good feel for this one. I'm not going to lie, guys. Oh, man. But I think it is the best backcourt matchup of the entire tournament that we've seen to date. The entire tournament. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Brown Harper, I'm trying to think of all the other players. There's so many. Okay. Yeah, Come you're on, right. Taylor. You're right. You're Thank right. you. Thank. That's all I was. I'm on it. Yeah, it's easy sometimes. Yeah, just and you know why it's good too. Just in general, is you were like, oh wait, who was Xavier Simpson playing I one was game? Just, I was just. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your wheels churning. I was just like, Mark Johnson a, was not in the like, NCAA oh, tournament. Can't do him. Um, no, it's exciting because I think one of these things is. It's a complete contrast of styles. Well, I don't know what to say. Guards win in March, but we're in April now, guys. Different. They never yeah, should the have extended it. Yeah, the page is turned. What do we do now? No. Um, Complete contrast of styles. Auburn, super fast. Yeah, but a, a lot of similar personnel. I feel like uh, Amfordy McLemore and Mamadi Diakite is going to be fascinating to you watch. You feel like it's and, similar personnel? I just, McLemore, Diakite, and then you have the two guards. They're, now, they're different guards. You've got two ultra quick yeah. guys, and then you've got two ultra, you know, taller I mean, guys, fast as lightning, though. But Jerome, taller, physical. But they're just both great guards. And then Auburn has two f- fantastic guards as well. Now, are we buying the win it for Chuma? Is is that the hashtag? Is that what it, it is? It doesn't really rhyme, but... I mean, sure, I'm buying that hashtag. I think it's a huge loss for them that Okiki is gone. Huge. At the same time, Auburn does seem like they do have motivation. They're not just happy to be there because of this whole Okiki oh, no. factor. They're like, okay, let's win it for them. So they have a sense of purpose. And yeah, I mean, that's been the hot topic over all Final Four conversations. Which team is happy to be there? There's no real candidate. Last year, obviously, it was Loyola Chicago. If we track back two years ago, my memory is so bad. Um, that was... Gonzaga, Carolina, and who were they playing? I don't even know. Right? Yeah, I don't know. But the, everyone's happy to be here and everyone's not satisfied, whatever. I think the Okiki thing is huge because it means that they're not going to have a, a three-point shooting big man to drag like Virginia's bigs out to the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And that gives Bennett and Virginia a lot more flexibility in their lineups. Um, you know, the, everybody knows Auburn shoots threes. That's what they do. And now because he's out, Okiki is out. They're going to have to play guys who aren't natural. I mean, they're going to play like Austin Wiley, who's a little bit more like traditional. Dowdy. You know, they're they're going to play like Purifoy a little bit more. It's going to be, it's just different. They're, they're not going to have all the weapons that they have on the perimeter. I mean, even in that last game uh, against Kentucky, you saw that pretty much Harper and Brown had to carry the entire load. What they scored, like, you know. 50, 50 points. 50 of the teams, more than 50 of the teams, I mean, 70 points, is that 70 such some a points. problem, though? Okay, here's the question for Virginia. Do they play more than six players? Because six players played last time out. Now, they, I think they could get away with that because you had about two guys working really hard against Carson Edwards and everybody else was standing around waiting for a rebound. They're not going to be able to do that against Auburn. No. So who gets the minutes? Is it Braxton Key who gets a few more minutes here? 
Probably. Yeah. I mean, but it doesn't trust Huff, so he, Huff is not going to play in this game. Right. He's if he not. does, Virginia will win by a lot. But you think? I do. Oh. But he's not going to play. So see, I mean, unfortunately, I, I don't know what it would look like if Okiki had played. But I, I think Huff is not a good matchup defensively for Auburn. I think that's why he'll he won't see the floor. He might see the floor some if they need some offense, but you can't trust him defensively against Auburn. Well, I mean, here's the question. I, I mean, this has been the season-long question. What is another team going to do who's guard-oriented? Are they going to all of a sudden start feeding the post when they see Jay Huff in there? Teams have tried that before, and he's gotten a couple of rejections. They've scored one out of three trips, and it's just not efficient basketball. I mean, I think Auburn's just, they are built around transition buckets. And it doesn't matter. I mean, they might feed the post now. It might be different, you know, with their changing lineup, but they're going to, like, Huff's going to have to guard a lot of space, and they're going to it's, it's, it's go not gonna past play, him. Unfortunately, yeah, he's not going to play. Whatever. Unfortunately, yeah. But I think you guys are think, on so, the same page. What about yeah. um, <laughs> what, what about Frank? What's, not, what's the case play? for Keys minutes? I I don't think we're going to see a whole lot. Like, okay. I, yeah, because I think Jack Salt is going to see the floor you against think? yeah against these more traditional bigs against Wiley against against Dowdy, and uh, I th- I mean the biggest concern I have. Is is how quickly Harper and Brown can get out after right. a long shot. You have to stop so, balls. You have to stop exactly. the ball in transition. So when when the shot clock is is running down and Jerome has the ball in his hand and he's going to take that you know thirty foot jumper, there's a there's a pretty good chance that it's going to be a long rebound. It can go just a quick either a long rebound or a quick outlet to Harper or Brown, just streaking up the floor. And that's a semi-fast break opportunity. So we're saying Virginia's probably going to sell out for its transition defense, which means they're not going to have that much of an advantage on the glass. Well, they don't, even though they have a great matchup on the glass. Yeah, but they don't offensive rebound anyways. They did so, against Purdue. Yeah, but I mean, they are going to have to get back because they that's, did against that's the Auburn. They did against Oregon a little bit. Yeah, but they have to they have to sell out for transition defense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a good question because Auburn is is kind of suspect sometimes on the glass, and it could be a, an area where Virginia could find an edge. And they like don't have they a key either. So what's that? Six rebounds gone. Six yeah, seven. Yeah. But I just don't think it's going to happen. So I think that's a win for Auburn because I do trust Auburn in the half court. No one's talking about that. Everybody's thinking they're running gun after the Carolina game. But they've played a lot of half court sets against Kentucky, and I thought they. They moved the ball pretty well. I, I mean, got I, some stuff. I think uh, Kentucky and offense struggled more than you would have liked if you're a Kentucky fan. And I think I would hope that Virginia will do better. The main, if Virginia wants to win, they're going to have to avoid turning the ball over, obviously, and letting Auburn get out. And even just being a being efficient with the ball is going to make a huge difference. And that's those that offense to defense transition for Auburn is going to be where the game's won or lost. But amazing about this match is, is I the more and more I think about it and the more and more you two talk I think it's going to come down to who plays better Jerome or Guy or who plays better on the other end is it going to be Harper or is it going to be Brown I really think that's the key to the game that's it because who else is going to be a major player well I mean you could throw in Hunter for Virginia but I don't know I, I feel like I a lot's going to come down to that because how well did Auburn play on the defensively on the perimeter against Kentucky I mean Hero was terrible and like Kentucky didn't get anything on the perimeter they had everything from Washington in the interior at 28 I think they're probably going to put Clark, Kihei Clark, on Jared Harper, right? Yeah, I'm saying when Virginia because, has the ball, though. Okay. Like, sure. Yeah. Who shoots better almost? Maybe. I mean, it's it's a classic, like, who's going to control the pace well, of the game. Who gets to the rim also. Yeah. Well, for Auburn, they're, they're going to shoot no matter what. Can't stop it. They're going to get to the rim, too. Yeah. I got news for you. They can do that. Man, this seems like a closer, closer game than five and a half, the more and more I think about yeah, it. Yeah, the line, or we should have said, the line is five and a half. Mm-hmm. Virginia are favorites. Virginia is a better team if we're looking at body of work, and it's not close. But Auburn is peaking, and Virginia is just sort of in a, you know. Mm. Well, we were texting, before, like, I don't know, a day ago, and you said something like, uh, I can't believe this is the same team, referring to Auburn, that lost to NC State. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Auburn has had a wild... It's like the Jekyll and Hyde season. They're not going to revert to that, though. No, oh, no, no, no. There's but no I'm way they saying, revert is, to that. It is crazy for me to look back, like, as someone who, at the very beginning of the season, was like, Auburn's going to win the SEC. And then, in the regular season, the SEC, Auburn just, like, fell apart. And then came back together for the tournament and the conference tournament So, run. 
Auburn's not going to revert. If Virginia reverts back to previous form where the ball is moving and they have lots of players involved, I think they've run away with this one. But I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. I think we're going to see more of late shot clock possessions. Well, they're going to slow the game down, so of course they're going to... Yeah, I think we're just going to see a lot more dribbling, not enough passing from Virginia, which makes me think this is going to be a really close game. Yeah, I I mean, I think five and a half is not... It's too much. It's it's too much, yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, Yeah, it's too much. I agree. It feels like this could could be a real close game. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like there might be a point in time where, like, Virginia's up 10, and then Auburn... In thirty seconds, hits two threes. Yeah, makes sure. it makes it back and is up one, or the opposite, where like Auburn's up ten and then Virginia grinds out like a series of defensive possessions and long shot clocks, and they tie the game up after like six minutes or something like that. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be a close game. Okay, but it's going to be exciting. Virginia's got to avoid avoid turnovers, get back in transition, avoid you know letting them get what they want. They've been pretty good with ball security ever since the first half of Gardner-Webb. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Auburn's going to get some turnovers, and they're going to get out. It's it's going to happen sometimes. Virginia yeah. just has to avoid it. Do we make a pick? Part. Yeah. I'll make a pick. I'll take Auburn in the points. Ooh. I I don't feel good about it, but... Because I have to live up to my stereotype of always taking the favorite and thus Do it. always you picking should. wrong, I will hedge by saying, like, I feel like it's too many points. I'm still going to take Virginia. Okay. I think it's big that... Uh, they lost OKK, and I think you know they're not going to be able to control, spread the floor as much as they want. They're going to have to rely on Harper and Brown too much. I mean, Virginia's built to lose to high high volume shooters that get hot, mm-hmm. which is like the definition of Auburn right now. They have two options too. Ugh, God, so that sounds terrible. But I'm still going to take Virginia with the points. Um, we can we can all look back on this and laugh when I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if Hunter snaps out of it and goes bonkers, Virginia does cover. I believe. But I'm not there yet. Not there yet. I like Auburn with the points. I, th- I think it's going to be an incredibly tight game. It feels that way. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the other side, boys. We've only got one more game to go over. Can you so believe weird. this? I, we usually we have a huge slate. Texas Tech, Michigan State. Yeah. Um, Woo. We right. haven't talked about Spar- Sparty very much. No. We talked about Texas Tech. Let's get into Michigan State. What went right? What went wrong against Duke? Does this seem like a... What do you think about the Culver matchup? Seems like he's got some Barrett in him. A little bit of RJ. RJ got some stuff in that game. I mean, he missed some Until easy ones. End, yeah. Well, like, I, I think what, you see, what also, you've been seeing passed around on, like, Twitter and stuff is talking about RJ Barrett. In the games that Duke lost, RJ Barrett took, like, multiple mm-hmm. possessions and missed shots at the end of the game. At his worst, Jarrett Culver gets into the sort of like inefficient ISO situations that are that are like that. Mm-hmm. And and I you know, Texas Tech had that spell like in the late middle of the season where they kind of lost a bunch of games and were not very good. And I think it was because they relied there it was because their offense went off like a little bit and it relied too much on Culver to make tough plays and he tried to force too many things. I mean he's an amazing player. He's really good. But when he, he, if you look at his efficiency numbers, it's actually not as great as you might expect, and it's because of those sorts of things. Like he will try and force too many things. Here's a question: LSU and Bradley got some three point looks against Michigan State. They didn't have to worry about that against Duke or Minnesota. Is that the recipe, Guthrie? Do you think? Is it a Mooney game? Is this depend on Mooney and some of the other perimeter players from Moretti. Texas Tech? Mm. Yeah, Texas Tech does have some shooters. Um, I mean, David. Yeah. Yeah, they do, that's definitely a concern if if you're a Spartan fan. Um, I, I I don't know. Like this 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 one's impossible for me to really kind of suss out. It's two terrific defensive teams. Um, I, Texas Tech is playing absolutely excellent basketball. I think there's some metric that they're like top ten in, in offensive efficiency in the last like forty days, something mm, like that. It's, interesting. It's, okay, it's crazy. Okay. Um, because I mean, the perception is Texas Tech is always like, as you as you guys have said, like kind of middling to mediocre on on offense. But that's not the case this year. I Beard has outcoached everybody in this tournament. Chris Beard, I mean, hats off, great story. Coached at like every D two and and JUCO school. Do y'all care about the Izzo's been there before and no one else's? I don't care about no, that. I don't care about it. Neither do I. Not at all. 
We're looking at this with clear eyes, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, I, sir. I think it's interesting. I think both these teams are very physical, and that's going to be great to watch. They both – actually, Michigan State has a great defense too. Michigan State, as you said, Luke, will kind of pack it in and make you take long threes, and they're happy if you take something like that rather than getting into the paint. Texas Tech, their defense is very active, will get out on you, and they want to force you baseline. Yes, and they don't let you in the paint, which is a problem if you're Ward. Well, the case for Michigan State here is that Texas Tech will actually give you pretty much a clear path to the baseline, and then their help defense is amazing, and they collapse on you with like two or three guys. And if you think about, you know, is Cassius Winston, if you saw in the Duke game, he never really got rattled. He did pretty well, I thought. I mean, he's, he's always stable he's always steady and if he can continue and Michigan State has the highest assist percentage as a percent of their field goals made that in the nation mm. and if you think about that like I, I was watching some clips of you know the Texas Tech's defense over the season and it looked you know at first step the guard will go baseline or go around the side the, and it looks like they're going to get an easy pass to basket Texas Tech completely rotates the help defense is amazing on point and suddenly that that guard is like trapped near the baseline, making a bad pass. And I think turns they're going to turn over. I think they're going to be smart enough and say, "All right, Winston, if you're driving baseline, you're driving to find McQuaid in the corner." Right. Well, you're he trying could. To, you're driving to find somebody in the corner, and the corner three is going to be Michigan State's ally in this do game. You, do you trust Winston to be collected in those situations? Absolutely. He turned the ball over once last game. Right. So, yes, I do trust him. I mean that. <laughs> That's that, a yes. That speaks to maybe Michigan State could could find some cracks in that defense. So I don't think Tillman's going to do what he did against Duke, against Texas Tech, and I don't think no. um, it's going to be available. For, I mean, Ward didn't even play barely against Duke, so I don't even know I'm bringing him up. I, I mean Tillman. That's who I'm talking about as far as their interior threat. And then the other guys, I don't really know. I mean, it's going to be – I mean, Goins is – I think Goins is going to have to play better than he did against Duke. Man, I mean, this is, this hmm. is going to be a fun basketball game to it's watch. Gonna, yeah, it is. One of the advantages yeah. of Michigan State is that they can, in the front court, they can just like throw guys at you, like big bodies in you. Um, so I, I think it's going to come down to can Michigan State hamper the Texas Tech offense that has been performing super well as of late, but uh, you know, over the course of the season, isn't as good as most of these other offenses in the Final Four. I mean, Texas Tech has got some interior players. Let's not scoff at. Odiasi or Tariq Owens. Yeah. He of the famous block. And I mean, I just think that they, if Michigan State can disrupt Texas Tech, their offense is built on a lot of guys with very defined roles, right? So Culver is kind of like their ISO guy, their scorer. Mooney is kind of like the facilitator and a shooter. Mm -hmm. Moretti is like pure shooter. I mean, amazing. Uh, You know, they, and Owens is really just like a putback guy. In all honesty, um, I I think it's going to come down to like can Michigan State f- limit those role guys, and I think it hurts Texas Tech that they don't have somebody who's going to take control and like control the game flow. As much as you say about Culver, I don't think he's that kind of guy. Maybe it comes down to who gets a lift from the bench. Because neither team really had a lift from the bench in the Elite Eight, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I could pull it up from Michigan State. Let's see. They had Ward and Brown play. Uh, 13 minutes for Ward, three for Brown, six points for Ward. So, And then Texas Tech, yeah, got a minor lift from the bench. I, I don't really know, man. This is a toss-your-hands-up-in-the-air matchup yeah, for me. I, that's, that's... My, my gut is telling me I like Texas Tech. Here. Me too. Mm. I, 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 I guess it's telling me Michigan State. I worry that... Get through trying to jinx it. He's got Texas yeah. Tech money. Yeah, I do. I mean, I worry that Cassius Winston will perform very well against them and they'll find some open looks. But I think that I mean, it's just telling me Texas Tech, that defense and the offense is clicking right now. I think they're going to. And it's not, I mean, the Michigan State win against Duke was impressive. But to be honest, I wasn't like, it didn't blow me out of the water. It's, I, it kind of felt like it was coming, right? It felt like mm-hmm. Duke, it was, felt like Duke was due to. Yeah, it's like Virginia Tech did right. the same thing. UCF did the same thing. You know, Barrett hits his free throws at the end of the game. We talk about this differently. Every yeah. game ends. Oh, would have gone overtime, right? But yeah, still, I mean, you would have had a chance to win, though. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, 
Don't I, act like those were game winning for you. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Settle I like down. Texas Tech here. That's all I'm saying. Me too. I'm and taking two underdogs. Sounds crazy, right? Have no, we talked about the really. line here? What is the line here? Two and a half. I'm mm. taking I'm taking Texas Tech with the points all day long. Cheers to that. You're taking Texas Tech with the points. Yeah. I mean, I am I'm pumped. And this has been very no, serious really? so far. Yeah, always. You're excited. I you know how excited I am? Usually near the end of the season. This week has felt like forever to me waiting for the games in between. Usually at the end of the season, all I can think about, even as like the last shot is going up in the national championship. I can think. All I can think is, is oh my, this is the yeah. end. Well, this, I, all I can think in my mind is like, this is the last bas- college basketball I'll watch until November of next year. I know. It's over. But Such and then you stand time. up in your living room and say, the ball is tipped. I do. And do the whole dance. You know, I sing love every song. lyric of the song. Oh, absolutely. With your son. The Luther Vandross version is better. They did it one year with somebody else. Not as good. Anyways, but I haven't thought about that until now because because I'm just so excited. Okay, and, and there's pollen in the air, and you've been distracted. I I mean, my allergies are kicking in. You know there's pollen in the air because Guthrie's voice is like two octaves higher than it normally mm, is. Yeah. Thought to myself, I was like, Guthrie's deep-pitched, kind of like sex hotline voice is gone, it's little, and it's, it's got a little, a little too higher. raspy. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're, you've gone from a baritone to a tenor. Mm. I like it. I that's, get it. That's a I choral reference for yeah. you. Right yeah. There. Well, that's a joke in the industry. Whenever you have a cold, you sound better. Really? It is, yeah. I did not know it's a real that. thing. Hmm. Oh, speaking of... This is Guthrie's flu game. Quick public service <laughs> yeah. announcement. If you would be interested in seeing this face and this voice, you can turn in, tune in to the CBS March Madness pregame coverage. Yes, and you might actually get to laugh a little bit. At my voice, at my face. I'm going to be doing a dramatic reading for about 15 seconds. Fantastic. Just a, a public service announcement. About what? Don't, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it. No, you it's have called a to- tease. What is the public? Well, if service? I gave, I did the 15 seconds now. Nobody's gonna watch. Uh, opioid abuse? No, 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 not quite. Domestic violence? No, no, not at all. Um, no, this, I, I'm not doing a public service announcement. I'm just saying this is a public service announcement to say that. Don't play. Watch a little pilot. bit of the pregame coverage. <laughs> oh, I thought that you were actually doing a public service announcement. Like the more you know, like the rainbow with the star. Goodness the gracious. more you know. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, Luke, good get. You were just for your- going through every single one you could think oh, of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was like, good get for your acting career. That the next be- thing you were going to go to were, you know, f- food banks. That yeah, was going to be yeah. the next one. On the I'm list. pretty sure that John Hamm started that same way. Oh. So that could be you. Well, I'm not doing a PSA. I'm just saying it was a PSA for me to say that you should tune into the pregame show. Oh, you're going to be on the you CBS can laugh a little pregame show. Okay, yeah. got it. Got it. Okay, next. Great. Let's make our picks for the national championship. Let's do it. I have I- Texas Tech playing Virginia. I have Virginia winning. Oh, that's but not such covering. an ideal situation for I'm, me. I, I can't <laughs> wait to hedge by betting on Virginia. You, you degenerate gambler. Yeah, I know. I know. Can't wait. I am picking Virginia over Texas Tech as well. You know, I had Virginia and Michigan State in my bracket, so I feel like if, should I should as, I really go back? Let's say if you help me as a Virginia fan, would you rather give me your gut instinct? You know, I flip a coin. Who would you rather I, play? Who would you rather play? Michigan State. Michigan State. I think. I, I think Absolutely. if you're a Virginia fan, you have to say Michigan State. Uh, Even yes. though that little voodoo magic of Michigan State against UVA in the tournament, are you worried about that? No, because everybody's so in on the the redemption tour and. Getting rid of the demons, that it, it'll probably make everybody even more excited and amped. It will make for a great 30 for 30. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. What if I told you? Et cetera, et cetera. Well, who do you have in your final? Oh, Virginia over Texas Tech. Okay. That was what I was about to do, but now I might change and I mean, it. I, because my original one was Virginia over Michigan State, and that was Javi's too. The two of us cannot pick the same thing because that's a surefire sign that it's wrong. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess I have to say Michigan State wins by one because I had Texas Tech covering. Right. So Good. this is the problem with very, this. Very, it's very difficult. specific pick. Who's going to pick Auburn in the title game? Guthrie. I, I will. Do Michigan it. State over Auburn. Bingo. Yeah. Auburn is certainly the one that feels like the, the most out of place. If only, not to say that they're worse or anything, but if only because they had a sustained period of, I don't know. That's a good a question. Sustained period of, Poor performances in Who's the, the last out of place Final Four team to make the title game. I want to say, I mean, not counting UConn because I, I've erased those years from my yeah, memory. Maybe UConn. like a Butler year. Yeah, right? it's got to be Butler. It's got to be like a Butler year where you know they made a magic run to the Final Four, much like some of the other mid majors. But none of the other mid majors ever punched through to the title game. So you did not. 
let's see, George Mason did not. Loyola Chicago did not. Wichita State did not. The only mid-major to make the title game was Butler on two occasions. Nothing against Auburn, but certainly their performance feels like the most quote-unquote March run of all these of all these final four teams right yeah and now it's april <laughs> whatever whatever this yeah, is there's april pollen, there's pollen there, so, in the air so guthrie you're you're in on auburn over michigan state yeah, yeah okay no 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 michigan state beating auburn okay got yeah, it yeah. Got it, got it. yeah so well i guess taylor and i are in agreement again what could possibly go wrong neither team shows up <laughs> so guthrie's probably right we have texas tech and virginia in our final now i've shifted from my michigan state original pick. Mm. Anyway, okay, guys. Well, you know, there's a little bit of other news happening as this far is, as ACC teams. This oh, is the yeah. asterisk on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's time. Because we're already looking ahead to the next season. The epilogue. Coaching. Let's talk about Buzz. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting yeah, to I, do. I, uh, He's going to Texas A&M. Uh, first of it's all. It's happening. It's, it's, it's official. Where, first of all, he was Taylor, a former assistant. And I, he, I told you earlier in the season, I heard some things, and you said, no, no, he's staying. No, he's staying. I refuse to believe he's going anywhere. He's staying. Love, loves it there. Loves the Blacksburg. I'm like, I some things. <laughs> I'm too optimistic. And it happened. You know, I trusted him. I know. Never trust a man who From wears... Texas. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Never trust a man who wears a vest that well. You're probably the man who wanted Godfrey to stay in the state until you realized that Keats was going to be a possibility. Oh, but, but Keats, I mean, can't argue with Keats. Okay. No, I mean, I'm disappointed to see Buzz leave. For sure. For sure, he he brought a lot of energy and enthusiasm to Blacksburg, uh, and honestly, like that that program desperately needed it after after what uh, Johnson did to the program. And those those two what was it two years? It was really bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna miss having to wait an hour for him to come out to the podium. I've heard mm-hmm. that he's bad with the press. I am gonna that, miss. Yeah. The Mighty Mouse tattoo, spinning a basketball or dribbling a basketball, whatever it is. I'm going to miss that. I'm not going to lie. Here's the real question. I'm going li- to miss buzzism, which which generally talk about loving each other to death on the floor, loving each other, and being family. What else? Come on, I'm missing some. Here's what I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss him transforming from like a short, bald man to a tall, glorious, full head of hair. With glasses. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for his next look in Texas. Like so what Blackjack like. dealer to, what we say, a banker, an investment manager. What is he going to do next? I don't know. What's a Texas Tech vibe? Texas A&M, pardon me. What happens at College Station? Oh, I don't, yeah. Football? <laughs> Air raid offense? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Well, it, in other news, it's, it's too bad for Virginia Tech. I feel like at least they both has the program is in a good place. Yeah. Even if a lot of guys are leaving, I'd be kind of worried. You know, the knock I, I've read some Virginia Tech fans write on forums and stuff that like. Buzz and even Marquette people, they're like, "Oh, Buzz knows when to get out of town. Like mm-hmm. he knows when the gig is up. He knows like Robinson's the cover's bare. Gone. Mm-hmm. Nikhil's gone. Yeah." Blackshear's almost certainly going to grad transfer. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Kai Bowman's also announced the draft. I know, I so saw. That's yeah, another one. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I'll root for him in the NBA. I know you were looking yeah. forward to that senior year, which mm. never, was never going to happen. Yeah. Speaking of, we are going to get more three-piece suits coming your way next season in Winston-Salem. So should we talk about that now? Yeah. How does he still have a job? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess good good for him. Some somehow he. You this know, is the year, he's, guys. He's got the. He's this got the is right. the no, year. It never really felt like he was gonna. Really? Yeah. It definitely felt like it to me. It all depends. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. How's the recruiting class? Not that good, from what I remember, right? Which game I saved Danny Manning? Was it the Cameron almost tip-in win game? Did that save Danny Manning this year? Or was it ever in doubt? I guess it must n- never have been in doubt the because they was had too a large. pretty abysmal year. Yeah, the buyout was too much. Yeah. I think they've been burned on buyout-related stuff too much in the past, and so they are very wary of that now. Which yeah. coaches are just ready to run for cover and fast-forward to November? My number one candidate for that is Brownell. Maybe Jim Christian also. Yeah, I mean— I, It Jim, was a bad Brownell year. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. And it came off as, I think it was because expectations were so high after yeah. last year. We'll see. I, we are definitely, to tease a little bit, after, you know, 
after the national championship, we're going to try to last a little bit longer into the offseason than we normally do, and we're going to give you a little uh, post-mortem. And, Is this and a PSA ahead. for something else? It's a PSA, okay. yeah. 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 Late-night PSA. <laughs> so, um, you know, quick quick follow-up on the coaching <laughs> The situation. more you know. Uh, so who do we like for the Virginia Tech job? I have heard that the inside track is Kevin Willard, the Seton Hall guy. I have he- also heard that, which which really intrigues me. It, it makes me, personally, I feel like it's not the best, but they want someone who will stay a long time. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've heard Wojo, I've heard Mick Cronin, but people would think that, like, Wojo or Mick Cronin would, if they have a couple well, what's good years, What's the case for Woj? Is it doing the Ohio State, we're going to raid Butler idea yeah. well we're i mean raid I've, heard, I've heard actually he's a good Mark, recruiter and yeah he would he would recruit you the talent to at least be like mid upper tier acc mm-hmm. even if you know this season he like what lost the last 10 games or something terrible but the you yeah. know they were like had 20 wins really early in the season and immediately started losing hmm. games but the argument is he would recruit enough talent to keep you competitive and he's a pretty good coach i wouldn't leave marquette if i was him and he's a name why would you do that? Why would he leave Marquette? I don't know. I've heard Maybe he'll his, pay him money. So he's been there a few years at this point, and I've heard he's he's actually kind of soured some relationships. Wearing out the welcome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he a wants the Duke job are, when Kay retires. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to get closer to Durham. That's all he wants. Yeah. He's got to get close. He's yeah. got to he's got to get some more face Let's time. Let's just with Kay. send Dawkins and Wojciechowski into the ACC, so we'll have Capel, Wojo, and Dawkins all in the ACC. Yeah. Yeah. Just a big old family tree. Yeah. <laughs> they can all fight it out when Kay's gone. Mm. Can we talk about Coach K for a minute? Sure. I got nothing else to say. That was it. I don't know. What What do you want me to say? <laughs> Is he the ultimate Anakin Skywalker turned into Darth Vader? That's not a great reference, but isn't that sort of who he is right now? You know, started out with this young... Was, was he ever Anakin, or was he, was he just always... Always dark? evil. Oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't around in, like, the early 80s. I wasn't mm. alive. Mm. But, you know... No, because Duke looking, was... No, looking Duke back at tape... before he got there. Looking back at tape, I've seen a Carolina replay. I can't remember which game. You know, one of our listeners is going to pick this out. Shout out to Walker out there. Where Carolina got a very fortuitous call at the end of a game. And Coach K, this is, like, early 90s. And he just kind of, like, smiles, like, hmm... Oh, well, if it happened today, he might breathe fire out of his mouth. I mean, just throwing it out there. Also, secondly, okay, I'm going to continue with this analogy. Go nuts. Used to be the, you know, we're going to recruit tough-nosed defensive players, good fundamental guys. We're going to do X's and O's. We're going to beat you like that. No longer. Now it's just like, I'm not a youngster anymore. I can't do whirly wind lightsaber moves. I'm just going to overpower people with brute you know, Darth Vader force. You are really stretching this Star Wars analogy, and I'm really trying to dive not down, you know, not get into this. Yeah, but okay. yes, he's mm. he's he's evolved. Is the generous way of saying it. Yeah, he's, he's gone the one and done. Yeah, I think to the he dark embraced, side. He's embraced the dark side. Well, because I think he knew he's like I've got limited time left. I got to like crank out some titles to get. I my mean, we all have limited secure. time left, Taylor. It's just what we do with it that matters. <sighs> you're right. You're right. And I I think about that all too often. <laughs> um, just a thought. Because uh, he's that's evil. why I'm so he's, excited to be here with you guys. Coach K is evil with a capital E. Let's be honest. He mm. needs to retire. I'm I'm no, sick of seeing him yeah, across the sideline. Maybe the Darth Vader analogy is not good because he's not going to be turned back to the light. It's yeah, not happening. No, no. no. Let his hair go no. gray. No, he's going to dye that shit with tar <laughs> until the day he dies. Indeed. I got nothing as much against him as you guys. I mean, he's fine. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's whatever. I, you know, is Jim Beheim ever going to retire? Forgiving. Never. Didn't he say three years ago he was done? No. It's a game of chicken between them. They're just like Syracuse no, fans. No, I no. think are ready. You do it. No, 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 no. You do. The every, fan base is ready. Every summer, there's some they're Syracuse down. undergrads that come in thinking they're going to like a medical study to test their blood pressure, and their blood is pumped out and put into Jim Beheim so that he can live that much longer. Mm. Some some Theranos shit. Hmm. Yeah. I would, I would read a sci-fi book based on that. Yeah. No, well, Peter Thiel does that. He gets young guys to like, get their blood because he believes it. Whatever. I believe Jim Beheim does that. Which coach will <laughs> coach more ACC games from here on out? Jim Beheim or Passner? Beheim. Okay. Yeah. I mean. 
I think they'll keep Pastner a lot around longer. I mean, I don't know. Mm. Uh, yeah. Who's going to last longer? Roy <laughs> Williams or Leonard Hamilton? Oh, man. Great question. How old is Roy Williams? I don't know. Man, he's he's getting up there. I'm going to say Leonard Hamilton. Well, Leonard Hamilton is older than you think when you look at him. Yeah, he's, he's in his he's 70s. Also, 70s. He's also yeah, pretty 70. old. Uh, Roy Williams is 68. But, like, honestly, if you're Roy Williams, like, you know, his legacy has already been set, really. Right. What what more does he need to prove? I, I And I think he has some serious health issues that he probably wants to, you know, have taken care of. Probably wants to step away from the game. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the, like that's that's a consideration for talking about you know stepping away. I've got another good one. What happens? Does Tony Bennett become the longest tenured ACC coach ever, or does he go to the NBA? I'm trying to think. No. NBA. No. Guthrie says. I, I think for sure. So that means who would have it's, to he, he would have to outlast Leonard. He'd have to outlast. You're already picking Tony Krzyzewski and Williams, and that's it, right? There's three, and Beheim. Well, do we count? I guess we count Beheim because you know is a, he gonna, Big East, ACC. Is mm-hmm. he going to run mm-hmm. the pack line in the NBA? No, but he has other tricks up his sleeve. Trust me. Okay. People, I think, you know, I think, discount the fact that. He enjoys the NBA and was an NBA he played player. In the NBA, and that's right. He still is competitive a, as crap. He is a record holding NBA it's player. It's the competitiveness right. that he, you know, I know that deep down he might want to test himself against. You're kind of selling me on the it. Brad Stevens of the world or Pop of. I don't think Pop is going to last that long, but I think there's something in him that does want to. I mean, that's why he came to the ACC because he wanted to coach against the best. I can't wait to see him coaching the Charlotte. I, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I think he's going to stay in Virginia for 20, at least five more years. Twenty thirty-five. I mean, heck, Shashevsky, Leonard, they could stay five more years. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I could see it. We've really gone down a rabbit hole. Well, so there's there's one more coaching announcement. Like, I guess it's not an announcement at this point. It's more like a rumor um, that I think we should talk about. I'm all about rumors. Yeah, Just give it to me because you know there's another vacancy and it's. The UCLA job. Oh, we're we're gonna go outside the ACC. Yeah, this, now. Is, this is this is not really related to the ACC, sort of, because the, in the that rumor, we thought Buzz might go. Well, we thought that that was a possibility, I guess, but it makes total sense that he would go to AM instead. But the rumor is, and this almost like from what I'm reading of like this random guy's Twitter post. Of course, random is, guys on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, reliable source is Jamie that Dixon. Jamie Dixon is <laughs> oh, going yeah, he is. to yeah, yeah. LA. And then Cronin was another option. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How great do you feel if you're Pitt when like Jamie Dixon's going to end up at UCLA? Don't you love that mm. and UCLA Stallings. offered yeah. Taylor's <laughs> father-in-law, oh, Coach yeah. Cal? They lowballed him. Yeah, they really. Uh, I, I don't and know. And now what they're the going after Jamie Dixon and Mick Cronin. Yeah, it's amazing. It's fascinating. It's kind of a step down. Hmm. And I love both. I. Jamie Dixon more. I, I have a love for Jamie Dixon. But, uh, yeah, Coach Cal, it's funny that they offered him less money than he's making at Kentucky now. Is there now. anyone that wow. UCLA could pry away that's a little bit higher caliber than those two? I don't think so. No, I think I think Dixon is about as good as you're going to be able to get if you're UCLA. Like If I, you're a coach who's in a difficult conference, you know, the ACC being one, maybe you could make a case for the Big Ten – Big 12. Do you say to yourself, if I keep finishing third, second, do I just go to the Pac-12 and try to dominate? Yeah, what UCLA should do, in my opinion, is get somebody like, uh, I don't know, could they get Greg Marshall? That's That was rumored for Virginia Tech because he's from mm-hmm. the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it's – Wichita State, the Koch brothers' money, they want him too much. Yeah. They pay him too much. Yeah. Buyouts too much. I uh, – I, if I were UCLA, I would try and get some like, you know, one of the mid-major slash small college guys who's overperformed, and then get my boosters really involved. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Depending on how the rules play out, mm. you know, get some recruits, and then just see if I can take over the Pac-12 and from there the world. But who knows? I don't know. Well, you know, 
We've, we've gone way too deep down the California rabbit hole. Yeah. Can't win in, uh, can't win in LA, man. It's LA kids. All they care about is surfing and pot. How about that? Is that a reference to something? I, I think so. Well, you know, they, <laughs> they missed the boat on oats. I'm more of a Northern California guy. Oh, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, Redwoods. It is pretty amazing the 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 kind of let's the trip. get hyped for the final four. Forget about San Francisco oh, okay, for a yeah, second, yeah, Guthrie. Okay, yeah. I was just thinking about Jamie Dixon's traversal across the United States, gone from Pitt to Texas, and now he's gonna go to L.A. What a life! What's next, China? And then eventually he meets up with Rick Patino in Greece. Oh, yeah. who's gonna be the first team to bring Patino back? Sorry, yeah. I, I was trying to cut off the coaching conversation, but now now we're back fully in. back on board. Stop the music. We're gonna do another thirty minutes on Patino. <laughs> what is the match made in heaven with Rick Patino? Should we just leave that question floating oh, out there for yeah, next everybody? Time? T- tweet at us who should Patino coach next.